two seconds of your yes. time, man. What do you want? Young entrepreneurs. Yes. Just lack patience and actually give a fuck about what other people think of them. Those are the two core reasons you're not at the next level yet. What's up, everybody? What's going on? I am your host, Blake Haggett. We are here at the Yes Show, the Young Entrepreneur Show, where we meet, talk with visionaries and leaders of today's time, how we're going to innovate, how we're going to change the world. So stay tuned, check us out, give us a follow, and you all won't be disappointed. So welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Yes Show. On today's episode, we have the pleasure of getting together with a good friend of mine now, Melissa Vong. She is an entrepreneur, seven-time brand founder, Amazon FBA, e-com and branding expert, as well as a lot of experience in the Forex and crypto markets. Melissa, how's it going? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much, Blake, for having me on the Yes Show. I'm super stoked to be here. I mean, I'm always a huge advocate of saying yes and then kind of figuring out everything later. So when you invited me onto this podcast, I mean, uh, it's been a while since I've hopped on on one of these, but I'm super excited to A, share my story and hopefully something resonates with your listeners and gives them the motivation to really go after what they want in life. So my kind of journey with internet entrepreneurship or being an internet marketer all started back in about 2009 when I was in high school. And this was when Twitter was starting to become this huge thing. Uh, It was back when I believe Justin Bieber had about maybe 9,000 followers at the time. (laughs) Yeah, right? So basically I used to grow viral accounts in different niches and generate or drive traffic to different links uh, through what's called CPA marketing, so cost per action marketing. And essentially that was kind of my first taste of internet money, made some decent amount of money for a high schooler. I mean, it was uh, a really interesting way to get my feet wet in that whole space. And since then I've been hooked. So from there, things kind of change like everything in the internet space, things can change super rapidly. So Obviously, they weren't paying out as much per clicks, and there were different ways to drive traffic, and algorithms were changing, so people weren't actually converting as well as they used to, and basically, I just had to pivot and try a lot of different things, so I went from that to trying out network marketing, just ended up with a basement full of energy drinks, basically, (laughs) that, tried trading Forex, made some money, lost some money, then I went to crypto made a lot of money and then basically used a lot of that knowledge uh, with psychology and trading and then investing and taking that money management and putting it into building my own brands. So I started my first skincare or botanical based skincare company, um, Scara. And since the inception of that company, it ended up doing really, really well. So we started launching and scaling multiple other businesses in the health and wellness, as well as the beauty space. So mm-hmm. now we have a total of seven brands and oh, wow. in the quarter, adding another four. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Holy smokes. That's a lot. We've been that's busy. Really- yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> so I, I have a quick question. You made me think of something. It's cool to see your process through, I mean, shoot. Forex, crypto, all those things. And I know um, we had a guest on the show that was a specialist in crypto a while ago. What is your current take on the cryptocurrency market? I know it's it's down quite a bit right now. Um, what is your take on that? And what do you kind of, what did you like about it? And what um, kind of shied you away from it, I guess, is a good question. 
I absolutely love the the tech behind it. So my main holdings are in Ethereum, mm-hmm. uh, just because I believe in the tech behind it and all the capabilities. So a lot of people go into crypto thinking that they're going to make a whole lot of money quick, and it was that way for a little bit in time because you know <laughs> right? it was a huge wave and just a lot of people talking it up, and then it was just this fear of missing out. So people aren't actually doing their research and fully understanding what they were investing in because you kind of have to treat it like almost stocks, right? Each of these different coins are basically their own company. You need to make sure that you're backing the ones that you believe in. And a lot of people just go in with blindly or on someone else's recommendation just because they're like, oh, dude, buy this coin and you're going to be a millionaire, right? But that's not the case. So it's kind of a wake up call for everyone who just got in without actually doing the research, but everyone who is fully aware of the different capabilities and the uses and the functions for it. And I've been following the, the main coins, I guess Mm -hmm. those ones are the ones that are going to be sticking around like, like the dot-com bubble, right? There are so many different shit companies that were coming out, but those ones slowly got, um, were basically, depleted and they just Mm -hmm. basically disappeared and all of the giants the ones that we know today like google yahoo kind of i guess uh amazon all these big companies they're still sticking around so it's a matter of finding those ones and backing those coins right yeah yeah that's really interesting because i know that i've played in the space a little bit and uh i actually got in before the big wave i guess you could call it and uh and i held i didn't sell anything you know but it's I, I'm just like you in the sense of it's a long term. I'm supporting the companies I believe in with me being in real estate. Ethereum's a great thing to help with contracts and verifications and I mean stuff that still to this day I'm researching and learning a lot about. So so let's uh, pivot this conversation from crypto to something else that's pretty interesting. Um, a lot of our listeners are new to kind of personal branding and growing their brand. What is some words of advice or kind of direction that you could help point some of these young entrepreneurs that are really trying to get either their personal brand started or kind of getting engaged online? Yeah, definitely. So I guess I'll give a little bit of input on both your personal brand as well as just building a brand in general, like a, yeah. say a product-based brand. So in terms of personal brand, it's just all about staying consistent with your brand messaging as well as being authentic, right? Because yeah. people use different mediums to kind of get their message out there. Uh, one really cool example, uh, I was talking to Sean Fujiyoshi, actually. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar, but he works closely with Ryan Higa, Nega Higa. They do. <laughs> They're fairly large on YouTube. They're kind of the OGs in that space. Okay. And basically, when I was out in Vegas, we had lunch, and he was kind of talking about how YouTube is changing. And it's just so interesting to kind of see like this humble person who was doing so well on YouTube. And now I don't know if you just saw, but that he publicly left YouTube. Oh, wow. Other things. So I mean, that was kind of his big thing, his big YouTube personality. And that's what people knew him as. Mm -hmm. So now he's kind of shifting into a different uh, area. Is he jumping to the Facebook watch, Instagram TV? Is there, did he kind of disclose some of that in his leave video? Actually, he is going back to being an engineer, (laughs) which is like crazy shift, right? And that's what he went to school for, which is awesome to see him kind of pursue what he went to get an education for. And it really just comes down to 
what you enjoy doing. But I guess now in the YouTube space, it's so competitive, right? People aren't really monetizing as much as they used to. So it just really is about picking a platform. And then I guess he milked it for what it's worth. Like they did a really great job with YouTube, but it does become exhausting. Mm -hmm. So Logan Paul, for example, I don't know if he's always like that in person. He's kind (laughs) of like all over the place. Yeah. I don't know if you can really keep up with that kind of energy all the time. So YouTube has become this platform where all these big internet personalities, but they're not actually like that. So mm-hmm. when people meet them, they're like, oh, like they're not really like that on video or that's they're just on front. So it's a question about authenticity now. And mm-hmm. that's why Twitch is doing so well because all these big time streamers, they're just being themselves. Yeah. And that's why PewDiePie, for example, he's doing so well. He's authentic and he just is himself mm-hmm. and people embrace that. So I think it's just the ones that stick around are usually the ones who are authentic and can keep up with just being themselves rather than pretending to be someone else. Yeah, that's really interesting. I know that recently I've done some stuff on YouTube and it just is, I feel like it's, it's a big sea of fish now. Like there's so many people that um, like what you had mentioned have used it for uh, benefit and now they're starting to realize that they can't be, authentic like they are on YouTube authentic all the time, you know, and that's, that's really interesting for all of you listeners out there. Take note on that. Um, one of the biggest things when growing your personal brand and I support what you're saying, Melissa is being authentic. You know, that's one of the strongest things I think you can do when building a personal brand, maybe show your goofy side, maybe show, you know, some other things besides work that you like to do. And that's how people can build trust and, you know, believe in, your brand. So what are some things um, to get started on building a brand online? Um, I'd be curious to ask you what, what your thoughts are to starting a brand online, maybe selling something on Amazon or eBay. What are kind of some tips and tricks? I'm curious to know. For sure. Yeah, that's definitely my main gig. I mean, launching and starting and scaling brands from zero to six figures a month. And basically, The main thing that I tell people when they get into the whole Amazon FBA space is to build a customer-centric business. Mm -hmm. So you have all these different brands that are selling the same things. They're probably using the same suppliers as you, similar packaging, all that stuff. A lot of noise and a lot of uh, competition for that first page, so to speak, right? You're aiming for the same keywords to rank for them. But at the end of the day, people, A, are going to click the products that kind of resonate with them and on a space of like 24 other competitors on the first page of that specific keyword you're ranking for, you're one of them, right? So it's, it's a really crowded space. And what sets you apart is building a brand that's customer centric. So that's making sure you have your email sequences in place, making sure that they're not just cookie cutter emails, but maybe add a little bit of flair to it, make it a little different and make it stand out. So for example, a lot of people will send the same emails, like thank you for your purchase. They'll send all of the same sequences, but if you can add a little bit of personality or make someone laugh even, or go out there and hire a comedian to write your email sequences and your copywriting, right? These are all things that you can do to make your emails different. So because everyone's getting the same amount of emails, they're getting more and more, it's not about just sending more emails, it's about sending better emails. So copywriting is very, very important in how you portray your brand messaging. 
not just in emails, but even on your packaging. Take advantage of all the panels on your boxes, the, the photos that you're using, the colors, and really just make sure you understand who your customer is, who your target customer or customer persona, so to speak, is, and you'll win nine out of 10 times. Yeah, I've got an interesting question you made me think real quick. So with like email, when you're sending follow-up stuff with clients and customers for that matter, um, have you seen a shift with difficulty with these new inboxes that can already sort your primary or your unfocused or focused email? Have you seen kind of some issues trying to get over that hurdle recently? Yeah, definitely. So a lot of people try to make their emails too fancy by adding all of these images and then Google, if a lot of people use Gmail, so it's mm -hmm. a very popular platform. So if you're sending emails to customers that use Gmail, they'll actually get sorted into a promotional tab most of the time. So people don't even see your emails. So what I find works best is actually keeping it simple without all that fancy HTML stuff. You keep it as a simple email, it'll end up being delivered and people will be able to open it. So that's kind of a little trick. A lot of people think that uh, they need to do more and make it all fancy and what, but sometimes less is more. Interesting. Interesting. So let me ask you about um, what is your take on Amazon? Um, I know that you had mentioned before we um, started this interview that um, you've done quite a bit of stuff through the Amazon FBA. And I'm just curious to know more about that. Yeah, definitely. Amazon is a, a monster. Uh, last year, they did about 49% of all online sales, which is crazy to wow. me. So a lot of people can't really sleep on Amazon because A, if that's where most of your customers are starting their searches anywhere, anyway, then you want to be on that platform or at least control how your brand is shown if your product's going to end up on there anyways. So if you're selling off of Amazon, people can actually resell your product on Amazon. So instead of letting someone else take that initiative to sell your products on Amazon and have the wrong brand imaging or the wrong copywriting in your listings, you want to be able to control that. So mm -hmm. that's where obviously building that brand intellectual property, getting your trademark in place so that you can combat that kind of stuff is really helpful. But aside from that, Amazon is a great place to start and launch brands as well because you can leverage their marketplace. It's a trusted marketplace. Mm -hmm. Amazon is literally a search engine for people that want to buy stuff. So what better place to put your product than on somewhere where it's going to convert a lot better. Plus, now you have this trust with, uh, with the customers that already use it. They have the ease of use because they already have accounts on Amazon and their credit cards linked up or even one-click shop, right? So it really is a great way to not just start your brand but also automate it since they take care of a lot of the customer service. They also take care of your fulfillment so you're not printing hundreds of labels a day, slapping them on boxes and shipping it yourself, right? Uh -huh, they have the ease yeah. of that you're paying a fee obviously but as long as they're profitable it does make sense to sell on Amazon but you can also sell off of Amazon mm -hmm. are you yeah. if if I were to start a store tomorrow about a product what would be the place that you would go would it be um, a Shopify website or would you say starting on Amazon would be kind of the best way if I if I were to just start a online business brand tomorrow it depends on your end goal and it also depends on the capital that you have to start with um, or your knowledge in e-commerce in general. So a lot of people 
see all these gurus, oh, e-com, e-com, it's become this buzzword, yeah. but they don't fully understand that there's actually many, many different ways that you can go about e-commerce. So I know a lot of people that do drop shipping, a lot of people do wholesaling, some people do retail arbitrage, a lot of people do Amazon FBA. Now, Amazon FBA is kind of more on uh, the more expensive side of things in terms of starting an e-commerce business or brand, okay. but it's like starting any brand. If you're going to start your own product, it's always going to cost more than if you were drop shipping, right? Because yeah. it's someone else's product. They already did all the heavy lifting. Now you're just selling it from one platform to an, uh, on another platform to a customer. Mm -hmm. So for people that don't have capital or just kind of want to get their feet wet, drop shipping using Shopify might make sense for them. It's going to give them a better understanding of branding their store creating a store that converts understanding what a product listing should look like and maybe play around with the different colors to see if it converts mm -hmm. just learning getting data and then you can build off of that once they start generating revenue that way then they can maybe move on to maybe wholesaling right mm -hmm. they can start purchasing things in bulk selling them get their amazon i guess storefront or their amazon seller feedback mm -hmm. up and then from there, they can kind of launch their own private label products. Uh -huh. So products that they are personally branding. So it's kind of like a little ladder that they can kind of take okay. uh, for me because I did have expendable income from a working in sales as well as cryptocurrency yeah. and just basically uh, using that to invest in starting my own line. I just kind of wanted to jump into it face first. So how's and it gone so far? It's been amazing. It's been such a journey. Like I'm still learning a lot more and more every day. But with the first brand that I launched, it ended up just absolutely crushing it. When in its, in its first month of sales, we did about 30,000. Wow. And then from there, it's just been exponential. So we decided to expand and start other brands. So it's That's been good. really cool. That's, it's really cool to have you on the show today because we haven't had someone in that field um, provide advice to all of us as, as well as just knowledge. Um, I'm kind of taken aback. I'm like, holy smokes, like this is all really interesting to me. Um, I'm enjoying conducting and listening to this interview, you know. Hey, um, I'm happy to so provide that information. We talked about before we started, um, you travel quite often um, and you've learned how to travel, kind of you call it travel hacking. Um, what are some of the cool experiences you've had with travel hacking? So with travel hacking, one of my main ways uh, to get free flights is obviously through rewards programs and taking advantage of all the different credit card rebates, stuff like that. A lot of people kind of shy away from credit. They think credit's bad. You can go into debt. Why take on unnecessary debt? But the way I look at it is I do a lot of spend anyways. So I might as well leverage that A, get cash back or B, points for travel. So most of my flights are usually free, if not are just, I'm paying the taxes and the fuel uh, for my flights. And usually I get to fly business or first class uh, for cheap. I also get to fly private. And just by leveraging different programs, different clubs, different cards allows me to do that. And also when you're building your personal brand, once you position yourself as sort of, a professional in your niche or uh, someone that travels often hotels will actually give you deals you can get either a media deals 
So like a media discount, so mm -hmm. cheaper rates, or sometimes they'll just comp the room entirely. But oh, wow. that also requires you to do a little bit of heavy lifting and some work. Obviously, you have to you contact have, um, a, a media team, or do you kind of capture your own content? I, I'm just curious to ask. Uh, could you repeat that? Sorry, I think um, I do you do you have a media team that does it for you, or do you capture all your own content kind of organically? I capture my own content just because no one has the same kind of vision as you do. Um, but I also work with a lot of freelancers. A lot of my friends are videographers who are very okay. talented. I'm more on the picture side of things. I can edit, I can use Lightroom and all that fun stuff. I kind of taught myself all the basics or enough to get me myself by. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when it comes to videography, that's something that I don't touch just because the editing process alone just takes so much of my time. So I'd rather outsource it to someone who A, either enjoys it or B, is really, really good at it. And they're going to do it 10, 100 times better than I will. So I actually took a friend of mine, uh, he's like 18 years old, to Las Vegas on a private jet. And we just got a bunch of content uh, shot. And it was a lot of fun. So I think it was a cool experience for him too. I like working with freelancers because to be able to pay freelancers and provide some sort of income for them too, and yeah. support their dream, right? Something yeah. that they love doing. I love that. I'd rather hire a freelancer over an agency any day. Mm -hmm. No, that's, it's really cool. I'm going to tell a little story of my own. I just lost my videographer that had done my work to a full-time gig in Indianapolis to do this trophy truck drivers, um, full-time vlogs. And I'm like, dude, that's so cool, you know, and to help. I think that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs miss is help building others up. They're more worried about their own success and goals rather than helping everybody around them. I, I like the, the saying of when you're an entrepreneur, you're solving and helping other people's problems. You're not working for yourself necessarily, you know? Absolutely. I love that. That's yeah, so awesome. Take that little nugget. So uh, I'm curious to ask about this whole private jet thing. I've always wanted to fly on a private jet. Do you have any hacks to get yourself to that level? Or are you paying ticket price of what it costs to get on these private jets? So you can actually use a lot of different, uh, I guess, jet sharing memberships. The one that I use most frequently is JetSmarter. Okay. So JetSmarter is basically just that. It's a jet sharing platform where you can book tickets. Um, you can basically rent out or book out shuttles or private jets, like full charter, or even empty leg uh, flights. So empty mm -hmm. leg flights are basically free flights that one where a jet is in a specific location, but it needs to go to another location. So between those two locations, they don't want to send it empty. So they'd yeah. rather fill it with, with people. So, That's or with bodies. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. usually your first seat is free and then you can add additional seats as well. But obviously you're paying a membership for this yeah. service. So I believe they just changed their pricing structure. It's like 12,000 a year, which is not bad. If you use it quite often, it becomes worth it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really cool. So let's jump into the yes show questions. Um, our first question that we asked our interviewees is what is your morning routine like? 
My morning routine is kind of all over the place. Everyone says that routine is good. I'm kind of a happy-go-lucky, go-with-the-flow kind of gal. So um, <laughs> I try to add as much structure as I can to my day. But because I'm always all over the place, especially with travel, I never I could be on a flight, right? I could be at home. I could be um, at a meeting. So it's kind of hard to add structure to my mornings. But mm -hmm. one of the things that I did add into my routine is meditation, uh, just very, very short bursts of meditation um, through an app called Headspace, which is yeah. really cool to use. So it's just like five to 10 minutes of meditation and just like breathing and just becoming fully aware and in tune with yourself, your body, and then your physical surroundings. So it kind of just gets me uh, mentally prepared for my day. Mm -hmm. And then I have a journal, well, not really a journal, it's like a, a day planner called the passion planner. And I really like it because you can plan your day by the hour. There's a little section for drawing. I'm very visual. So I like to write things as well. And I think that magic happens when you write things down, even though I'm an internet entrepreneur and I should use my phone for a lot more things. <laughs> I'm really stuck on the old ways of using whiteboards and planners and journals and writing things down. So I'm still trying refreshing to, to hear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I'm trying to make that shift, but it's so hard for me to just use my phone for everything. And I just love being, I guess, in tune with um, coming up with an idea and then letting it flow through my pen and become this physical reality on paper. That's really cool. That's really interesting. I know um, I've used the app Headspace recently, but I've got to get more consistent with it because I think it does um, help. You know, a lot of people are seeing the benefits of using meditation as one of their first things in their day before you check Facebook, before you check Instagram, before you check your emails, just to clear the mind and get your mindset on an easy, steady and level playing field before you kind of jump into all the crazy things of the day. So that's really cool. So our second yes show question, if you had to take three people with you to an island getaway for let's say a weekend or three days, what three people and why? And this could be anybody. Anyone in the world. Um, yeah. So I think obviously most people would take their idols, which is like, can they be dead or alive kind of thing? Yeah, or it could be anybody. Um, so the first person I'd probably take is Gary V. Like it. I've, I've always kind of loved his mentality of hustle, hustle, hustle. And he's kind of refreshing and raw in a way where he'll tell you like it is. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to have someone that's a realist and will basically, I don't know if it's a vacation or are we trying to survive on this island? Like what is the... I would say, like most of the other shows we've done, it's more of a just to gain insight and knowledge from this person. So not okay. a vacation, but exactly. it could be a trip to Las Vegas for the weekend or whatever it was. Just, just a reason as to why you could gain insight from that person for three days. Yeah, definitely. So Gary Vee would definitely be one of them just because of the insight that he can provide. Um, I, he was recently doing a, I guess, a sale on his K-Swiss cloud and dirt shoes where you would buy 10 and then you could like meet up with him or have a phone call or something with him. So I basically was about to purchase them, but they don't ship them to Canada or they were out of stock. Sure. So it was kind of like, okay, I need to find another way where I can get on a phone <laughs> call with this guy or figure out how to slide in his DMs. But you know, his DMs are kind of full, but yeah. to spend <laughs> some time with him on an island would be pretty cool. And then another person I would like to spend a couple days with would be Aya Lu. 
She is an e-commerce guru and basically she's launched multiple companies, have sold multiple companies. So she's kind of at the point where, okay, she's done it and that's someone I would want to learn from, right? Mm -hmm. Someone who's already been through the process and can kind of teach you a thing or two about a thing or two. And one of the really cool things that she actually did was she has a Lux or a waist trainer business uh-huh. and she paid Kylie Jenner, I believe it was a quarter million to post an Instagram picture with her product ended up paying out really well. I believe they did almost like 2 million in sales from just a single post, which is wow. crazy. Right. Wow. So really good ROI, but to take that kind of risk and know that that would pay off or even to be able to get that connection in the first place, I would want to know how she does it. Yeah. Interesting. And That's I guess the one. third person that I would want to spend time on an island with would be, this is hard. There's a lot of people that I look up to and would want to spend time with. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> You're not sure? That's okay. You can just do two. That's totally fine. We've been uh, on the show oh, recently. You got Maybe one? Maybe my future self. Oh, that is cool. I think that would be really Five interesting. years, 10 years? Yeah, probably 10 years okay. would be good just to give myself a little bit more insight, maybe speed up my process as well, be able to tell me, okay, what works, what doesn't work, or yeah. maybe just to keep my, my head level and just That's remind cool. me that, hey, you're still on this journey, like enjoy the journey, but also here's what's going to help it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. We haven't had that one yet. That's Wow, that's a good one. Cool. Well, as we wrap it up today on the Yes Show, what question do you have for our listeners, um, those young entrepreneurs out there that might be struggling through something or haven't taken the leap of faith yet? Or what kind of question do you want to question the audience with today? What are you doing today? Or like a question that I would ask them? Yes. What are you doing today that's working towards a better tomorrow? So not just for yourself, but for everyone around you, for the world that we live in. So a lot of people kind of think, yes, I do have to be selfish and do all these goals for myself, but there's also a bigger picture out there, right? Are you wanting to help more people? And if so, that's basically how you're going to achieve your own goals. If you can help more people achieve their goals, at the, at the end of the day, you're going to also fulfill yours. So it's really just an act of selflessness and understanding that everything that you d- do impacts other people. So what are you doing today? That's not just going to help yourself, but someone else. That's awesome. That is a great way to wrap up the Yes Show today. What is the best place that our followers and listeners of the show um, can reach out to you? Is it Twitter, Instagram? What's the best place? I've kind of graduated from Twitter, so I don't really use it as much anymore, but I am now on Instagram mainly. So it's at Melissa. So it's with one S. It's just M-E-L-I-S-A. Super stoked that I got that username because you know it's very hard to get first names. (laughs) Um, But you can also email me at Melissa at hellomelissa.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. I will link everything in the bio of this podcast episode. And Melissa, it was such a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thanks so much for having me, Blake. It was great to be here. Yeah. When you get to where I'm at, 